Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Scott. I'm Shatay, and we're the Hazes. Welcome to the Love Haze Podcast, where we believe that healing and wholeness are not just destinations. That's right. We believe they're a journey. And here on the Love Haze, we talk about how to navigate through it. That's right. Today, we're going to talk about alignment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we're in the middle of something, it can feel like um, a loss. Yeah. But it can really be that things are lining up for us. Mm-hmm. So today we just want to have some conversation around uh, detaching from the idea of loss mm-hmm. and understanding that things are coming together for our good. That's good. So welcome to our Love Haze journey. Let's get into it. Let's go. The idea or inspiration for this conversation came from a quote, and I honestly cannot remember where we heard this quote. It could have been any one of our Black Love shows. It could have been Mm -hmm. any one of the podcasts we heard. (laughs) It could have been literally anywhere, but I just remember when I heard it, I was like, ooh, that's a a nice thought that I would love to unpack here on the love haze with my husband. (laughs) And um, I just didn't remember to credit the source. So if this was you, Hit us up and let us know that it came from you. (laughs) The quote is, any loss you experience from speaking your truth isn't loss. It's alignment. And that really, really resonated with me Mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons. Um, This idea of like actually just kind of speaking what's what you feel to be true for yourself. And then when you verbalize the thing, you have there's an experience that is external view that isn't maybe what you thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not uh, peaches and cream. It's it you you might lose a relationship. You might lose an opportunity because you said the thing that is your truth. But at the end of the day, even though that loss might be a difficult experience, it leads you to something better. It leads you to mm-hmm. your your higher good. And it's kind of this idea of like when one door closes, another one opens. But the impetus here is that you've spoken it. Like you've said your truth. And because you've said your truth, this thing happens. But what, what, before we get into like how you feel about this idea in its totality, what are your thoughts on alignment? What does that mean to you? Um, alignment for me is like, it, it means things coming together. Um, almost coming into agreement. Um, mm-hmm. I like that. You know, just the idea of things lining up as they should. Um, even when I think about uh, an alignment on a car, it helps it to stay in a straight line when you're on the road. Nice. Uh, you ever needed alignment? And I have. When I had my 85 Toyota Celica, <laughs> I used to always pull to the left mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. That thing was always out of alignment. Mm. Um, but the idea of alignment is things uh coming into agreement on all sides and lining up as they should yeah i love that uh reference to car alignment for sure and how Mm -hmm. when things aren't in alignment you could like veer off path because that's the image that comes to my mind it's like alignment to me means that there is synergy there is peace there is agreement to use your word and i'm just thinking visually like if i have somewhere to go Alignment means that even though the path might not necessarily not might not necessarily be straight with no blockages in it, it means that internally, externally, all of my circumstances are such that there is flow 
is yeah. maybe a good word for yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but agreement is probably the best word. That mm-hmm. word choice is like there is an agreement between um, I often think of alignment and like what I'm believing, what I feel, what I say, what I do, when all of those match up. Mm-hmm. That is alignment. I'm okay. operating in alignment. Mm-hmm. So around that, then maybe how we talk about getting to what your purpose is, like your skill set and uh, what you think your calling is and, mm-hmm. you know, feeling good about the work that you're doing. In my head, those are kind of the, the things that I think about when I think about things coming into alignment yeah. for me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then to bring it to this, the whole idea in general, it's like, it makes sense that if you're speaking what's true for you inside of you and you're saying the thing, that means maybe externally there was some something that was not in truth for you, right? Mm-hmm. So you then you say it, this thing ends, you're hurt, but actually it brings you to alignment. I want to hear how it's shown up for you in your life, but I can recall on two separate situations, years mm-hmm. apart, the exact same situation happened. Um, when I said my truth and experienced a loss, mm-hmm. two separate occasions, uh, one in my, once in my twenties and once in my thirties, I had friendships where there might not have been a lot of reciprocity. Sometimes the in the first friendship, like one thousand percent true, and there felt like I was always giving to this person not a lot of receiving, right? And I understand that in relationships, there can be seasons of that, can be ebbs and flows. But people around me, my mom specifically, would always just kind of call that out to me. And then I started to see other people call it out to me. Like, do you notice that? Meanwhile, this person could have like someone that they knew steal money from them and they still be hanging out. Just like all kinds of friends that didn't seem to mean them well that might've been using them. And then for for me, it just never really felt like there was any kind of like real authentic or reciprocating connection. Mm-hmm. And finally, I just called it out and wrote it. I feel like I'm able to get my thoughts out best when I write things down. I don't forget things. I can be clear headed. I can just like put it all on paper. I can edit and be like, oh, don't say that that way. Right. right. Wrote uh, this person. Uh, this message. And when they received it, they were like, oh my gosh, you are so right. I apologize. I haven't been the best friend. I'm going to do better. But I had already met up, made up in my mind, like I'm only doing as much as this person is doing from here on out. And I even said that to her. I was like, if I come in town, you're not trying to kick it. I'm not either. Right. Mm-hmm. And so even though she said, I'm going to do better, it never materialized. And so our friendship basically dissolved. Mm-hmm. We're still cordial, amicable, can still have a meal, but it's not someone that I would call a friend anymore. And, you know, a lot, any loss of friendship mm-hmm. is difficult, but I understand I, I had a whole other group of friends that actually were feeding me that way. Mm-hmm. And then similar situation in my thirties where having an issue with a friend, wrote it all out. And that one actually hurt a lot more than the one in the twenties because we had been friends for so long said my truth and got no response and we haven't ever really talked since. <laughs> and so, um, and you know how difficult that's been for me and to right. grieve that and process that in therapy. Um, 
but I have to believe that, you know, it is for the, I guess for my best and maybe that person's best as well. And I also have to be grateful for the way all of the other friendships God has placed in my life at this time to, I don't even want to say replace that, but just to show me like you are still loved, you're still good. I'm still Mm -hmm. fulfilled in my friendships, even though I had that really just kind of sad um, situation. What about you? How's it shown up for you? Uh, Definitely my, my first marriage. Mm. Um, and I don't, I don't really talk about my first marriage a lot mm-hmm. um, when we podcast, but, um, you know, just probably one of the hardest times of my life yeah. um, have been, you know, with that person since I was fresh out of college, yeah. uh, off and on for, you know, probably uh, 17, 18 years of our lives and just, you know, started finally walking in my truth and telling my truth. And they were just like, no, that's not real. Mm. <laughs> like, I don't believe that. That's not been my experience of you. And um, those were some some heavy losses because I started to question whether whether it was my truth. When the person told me, like, that ain't real, that's not, that's not true, that's not been my experience of you, uh, I had to really examine that I had not been being my true self Mm. i was being who i thought i was supposed to be but i wasn't being true um to me and i wasn't being honest um and i was not being honest in the name of like keeping the peace yeah um not being authentic to myself and then being mad because the other person was not able to adapt to this false person that i was in any way yeah you know and so even though it was painful, you know, to end that relationship, to go through the process of divorce, um, it became alignment, right? Mm-hmm. It, it it became me um, finding my wife, finding my person. Hey. Um, it became what this platform is. Yeah. And it became God showing me that um, that uh, was meant to teach me. Mm. You know, ab- about the importance of telling my truth, mm-hmm. uh, the importance of telling people how to love me uh, and being authentic uh, to that, not being ashamed of who I am. And um, and also he was able to show me that there is work that he has for me to do to free other men uh, and free other people to walk in their truths and, mm-hmm. and not believe that you have to be one way. Um, yeah. And that you have to die to what it is that you want and need in order to be in relationship with not only a romantic partner, but in family as well. Yeah. Let's talk about this. What what was it? Can we reflect on what made us speak up finally after not having spoken up for so long? What do you think? I think it's exhausting to hide. Mm. It is. It's it's like twofold, right? So hiding my truth and not getting my needs met is like it sucks. Yeah. You know? But then, you know, you have to there has to be some accountability. And mm-hmm. I think when I was finally ready to start to to stop hiding mm-hmm. uh what my truth actually was and to 
uh, be honest about what it is that I felt. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to to not tell your truth and not have your needs met. It's another thing to tell you, to tell your truth and the person have a chance to make the adjustment and not make it. Yeah. Um, and so hiding that, it was just like, this just sucks all the way around because I'm not being honest. That feels bad. And then I'm also not getting my needs met, but it's my own fault Yeah. that I'm not getting my needs met. Yeah, so and you don't want to be the reason you're hurting. I don't want to be the reason yeah. that I'm I'm hurting. I want to give myself at least a chance to like, you know, have the need met mm-hmm. to be able to walk in my truth. And and there was some part of me that didn't believe that I deserved it. Oh, because I had made my choice. Mm-hmm. I had chosen this person, and no matter what, I said that I was gonna stay. Mm-hmm. And so I was just staying, but it was horrible. Mm. And not only was I holding myself hostage, then I was holding this other person hostage mm-hmm. for whoever their person was. Yeah. You know, just trying to be someone that I wasn't. Mm. Or that you thought you had to be, but actually you just didn't want to be. Mm-hmm. You had no desire to be that person. You were doing it out of obligation. I agree with that that perspective. I think for me, it was like, what you said earlier was more people pleasing or like trying Mm -hmm. to keep the peace basically. Like when little things would come up, I wouldn't say it in the moment. I'd be like, just kind of, it's all right. It's a small thing. But then all of these small things start to add up to like, like these small pebbles get to be this big pile of rocks, Mm -hmm. at least for me. And you always say to me, like people only do what you allow them to do. Mm -hmm. Like people only do what works. And so I definitely played it played a role in that dynamic and that I allowed those types of things that mm-hmm. didn't work for me to go on for so long. I think initially it was because I didn't really recognize it. And then once I started to recognize it, it was like, I, I didn't really want to have the awkward conversation and voice it. Mm-hmm. And so finally I say, oh, I have all of these pebbles, all these rocks in my hand and I'm giving them to you and saying, hey, mm-hmm. I don't like this. This is what our friendship looks like. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it. Like they don't take, they don't, they mm-hmm. don't, they don't take their part in it. So I think that's really taught me to try as best as I can to speak up in the moment when Mm -hmm. something is bothering me, not to let things fester if they are bothering me, um, which can be uncomfortable. And I think the part that I I worry too much about is like how people receive things. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I, I have to learn, I'm still learning that it's not on me to carry how something is received. I just need to speak it and say it. Make sure I do it with respect and kindness and mm-hmm. and grace, right? But I can't be here like fearful of a response, um, especially if it's going to hold me back and it's going to hold our friendship or our relationship back, right. you know. And then to to live in that type of situation where, you know really you're not getting what you need the other person is really not getting the the best version of you because you, you really don't want to be doing that anyway that's true um what are we what are we holding this space up for then because mm. you could be doing what you're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. and i could be doing what i'm supposed to be doing and we both deserve to find our tribe that's you know true. and if that's, that's true. not the other person and sometimes we do things for so long because we've been doing it for so long and I, re- I remember my breaking point being my, my 40th birthday in Jamaica. And I'm being like, I'm miserable. Mm. And I don't want to keep doing this. I've been mm. doing this for a really long time. And I could keep doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to keep doing this. Like, this person's not happy. I'm not happy. I'm here. I spent thousands of dollars to be here. And I hate it. 
Mm. And I do not want to do this anymore. Yeah. The truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. The truth will. It's also really interesting, too, in terms of alignment. You know, there's that saying that, like, the universe will present to you what you need when you're ready to receive it. Right. Yeah. Or like something about there's another way to phrase it. Like the the teacher will always show itself when mm-hmm. the student is ready, like mm-hmm. some some kind of version of when that. the student is ready. The yeah. teacher will appear there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Mm-hmm. And so the alignment is just like that. That is alignment. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think. It had to come to those um, crossroads for us. Because there has to be, I guess, a dying of something for there to be an emergence of something new. And so that that loss is what that is. It's like mm-hmm. the old thing um, has to be released to, to have the new thing. But and I was I had a point, but it was <laughs> that the reason we you know felt strong enough or ready enough to speak up um, could have been a collection of things. It's just like the position of, you know. I think that kind of pushes us into, you know, the haze of of what it is to do that letting go. Mm -hmm. And the haze uh, for me is letting go of of being comfortable, Mm. uh, letting go of uh, what I thought was, Mm -hmm. you know, what what I had at one point in my life been so sure about. Yeah. You know, and uh, being able to do something new. And frequently we don't want to let something go without having a replacement and uh, letting letting something go and not knowing what it's going to look like, just being able to say that this ain't it, mm-hmm. you know, and getting to a point where I was able to just like let let that go and be like, all I know is that this ain't it mm-hmm. and I don't want to keep doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm not happy. I know that that guy has better for me. Um, and at that point, I was like, if I, if I never marry again, I know that God has something for me. And mm-hmm. I know that I'm worthy of whatever it is he has for me. Mm-hmm. And there's something bigger that he has for me. And those were the conversations that, that God and I were having. Mm-hmm. Um, that, hey, number one, you're going to be okay. Yeah. I know that you can't see it right now. But there is something bigger, you know, for you. And not necessarily even in the form of um, another person. Um, and I, I do believe with my whole heart that you are my person and that God, you know, gave you to me and allowed, gave me the the forethought and the, the vision to be able to see you when you present it. Um, but I just know that he has a, a, a bigger purpose for me and I could not have been getting ready to walk into that without having to have that had that experience and being able to let it go yeah meaning like that those i don't even want to call them misaligned because maybe at some point in our lives they were an alignment of what we were supposed to experience but we just evolved past them Mm -hmm. um yeah, I really like that thought of, you know, that circumstance, those circumstances preparing us for the better ones that we're in now. And I agree mm-hmm. with that. If interestingly enough, <clears throat> us being presented to one another when we were ready, we whole ass um crossed paths and didn't even know it mm-hmm. uh in real life before we met on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh was at the same birthday party. And I think it's interesting just in this thought alone to be like, huh, we were like in proximity 
right? Mm-hmm. But not necessarily revealed. I, I don't even recall seeing him at all. Both attending a party mm-hmm. for a friend. Mm-hmm. Never even saw each other. Mm-mm. And I just think that it was it was intentional. If we had met each other in that moment, then it would not have been able to be what it became. Mm-hmm. So to know that, um, to be able to look back on that, and God was like, okay, I got her around. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Go meet her when you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all be able to look back on that and laugh. I do not, I do not view those things as co- coincidence, right? Believe that. Um, in in my spiritual um, belief system, in my relationship, I believe in divine timing. Um, and sometimes when you are, God knew what I was getting ready to have to deal with. Mm, oh, yeah, that's a good, yeah. And it, it would not have panned out well because it would have been, it would have been disastrous. Mm-hmm. It would have been hating everybody and all that kind of stuff. And I would not have been able to see you. My vision would not have been clear enough. Mm. Um, I think in the midst of going through that that loss and that difficulty, I would not have been able to see you. It would have been through um, rose-colored glasses that were, you know, kind of skewed with a bad experience and mm-hmm. those types of things. So I didn't need to meet you at that time. Yeah, that's interesting. And and. I probably would have been as evidenced by my thoughts when we met, when we did. I was like, oh, he ain't ready. He's emotionally unavailable. Mm -hmm. So if I had, we had actually met that four or five months Mm -hmm. before, uh, yeah, I probably would have, I would have had a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of experience. Like Mm -hmm. he's not emotionally available. He's not ready. And because you were actively going through divorce would have like proven that. Anything else is the haze around um, speaking up, losing a thing, but I guess waiting to see the alignment afterwards. I don't even know if you wait to see it. I think you just, once you're past it, you look back and you're like, huh, that actually was from a... I I think it's a a pretty constant act and uh, like a faith walk. Mm-hmm. to be able to, for me, you know, I, I have to remind myself to use these I statements. Um, I know that I have control issues and every day um, I want to cont- control what's going on in my um, immediate physical environment and especially in my mental environment. And, you know, sometimes when you are uncertain of why this thing is being cut away from you, uh, you don't know what it's going to look like. Having to uh, meditate, mm-hmm. uh, having to write down your affirmations and remind yourself that you're going to be OK and that things are um, lining up the way that they should, that, that uh, it's being worked out for your good. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's a that's an ongoing process. And that can can be a haze to not want to get some level of control all the time. And I just I just know that I have control issues. So it is um, pretty daily, pretty much daily that I have to remind myself in some shape, form or fashion that it's okay to let it be and do the best that I can and know that it's working out for my good. Yeah, there's a. I hear that, especially the control issues part. I'm sitting here reflecting on the energetic part of what all of this means. And so um, 
there's a couple of books or like thought leaders. I think his name is Mike Dooley. He leads um, Thoughts from the Universe. Mm-hmm. And he has this book called Playing the Matrix. It's really all about manifestation. And then Abraham Hicks, who his whole work, body of work is around vibrations and how to manifest. And essentially the essence in my own words of manifestation is like you attract the things, this law of attraction, all of that is a part of this conversation. You attract the things at the level of your vibrations, right? And so at some point, we were vibrating energetically on the levels of those friendships or that relationship. Mm -hmm. And then through life, through growing, through healing, learning more about ourselves, start to vibrate a little higher. Mm -hmm. Right. And then if those relationships and people are still at this other level, if growing together, let's take that as an example in our relationship, we might not always grow at the same rate or pace, But as long as we strive to continuously match each other's energy, like Mm -hmm. literally, I think that's the way we sustain as we evolve through relationships. And in those cases, those people continue to vibrate either at whatever level they were at, just whatever the vibrations didn't match. And so we said the thing and there was loss. And anytime there is detachment um, in a way that's not amicable or friendly or pleasant or, you know, wrapped up in a bow, it feels bad. It still feels bad physically or emotionally. But then you eventually, because you're already at this level, you attract the thing that um where you are. And that's that's alignment. It's like mm-hmm. you're you're gonna continue to vibe at this level. And then what how whatever is in your in your like sphere of thinking or wanting or desire, you're gonna attract at that level. Yeah. If the, sorry to get a little woo-woo on y'all, but <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like attract law of attraction. But it I don't think that is odd, right? To to you you just said that it doesn't feel good, right? It feels bad. But when you, when there is a loss of something that you've been used to having, you still have to grieve the loss. Yeah. Like as a human being, we get to grieve what you know, we are used to, mm-hmm. we, you know, the stages of grief kind of require us to move through all of those before we can get ourselves back on, on track. If we're truly grieving and we truly give, give ourselves permission to move through those, those levels of grief, right? There is the anger about the loss. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you bargain and, you know, try to ask God, like, can I just have it back? You know, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'll, I'll, I'll figure out a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. You know, we go through those stages of, of grief before we finally get to acceptance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the greater on the on the back end of, accept, of acceptance, a lot of times is that, you know, God has something better for us on the back end of that. But some of us get stuck in that grief. And we go back, we get stuck at bargaining and just saying, I'm going to give it another go. Mm-hmm. I know that this is probably not the best situation for me, but it's it's worked. I've, I've been friends with this person for 20 years, right? I've been, you know, able to make this work for this long and we'll be all right. And yeah, you probably will. I, I would have been okay. Mm-hmm. Would I would not have been in alignment with what I think the guy... Uh, want from me right now would have been able to survive, but I would not have been able to thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I just don't, I don't want to say this all the time. I don't want a life of survivorship yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. We know too many people who are surviving and, you know, um, yeah, I think that we're called to greater, we're called to thrivership and not only for ourselves, right? For um, the advancement of, right? The duty that we owe to to love, to the relationship that we have with our higher power, it is to show that, you know, um, greater can come on the back end of what we perceive sometimes mm-hmm. as lost. There is alignment. There are um, things that were supposed to happen for us in order for us to have a clear vision to be able to recognize when things are being aligned as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of that. So how do we navigate the haze of finally speaking up, losing something? Um, believe that you you trust yourself, mm. um, which is trust. much much easier said than done. Um, but I trust myself and I trust the relationship that I have with my higher power that he's not going to let anything come to destroy me mm-hmm. and that anything that is being removed is going to be replaced with something better. There's something that I'm supposed to learn uh, from it. And there's something that I'm supposed to share as a result of it. Mm-hmm. And so it'll never be that it is just for me. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be so that I can, um, be a testimony so that people can see that um, this is um, how it was supposed to happen and that they also have a story and things that are supposed to happen for them in order for them to come in alignment with not only what it is that their heart's desires are, but also with what um, their assignment is and what their purpose is. Mm -hmm. All of those things have to happen in that way. Yeah. Um, that don't necessarily always feel good, but are um, purpose driven. Yeah, trust is a really good way to to navigate it. I'm sitting here processing. I want to be real about, especially this last one that where it happened to me. I guess I would just offer allow yourself to feel how you feel when you feel it, but maybe not to wallow, mm-hmm. right? Uh, get yourself some support. <laughs> a lot of times, most times for me, that is sky haze. Um, but I also, <laughs> I also spend some time in therapy talking through it and processing through that. I would also say one of the, this is a phase that I'm in now of that most recent losses, really starting to recognize all the ways that I have in my life, what I thought I've lost. So I'm really focusing on all of the friendships who are like, hey, I want to hang out. I want to go to lunch. I I miss y'all. Like, what's up to you? You know, just really concerned about me as a a Mm -hmm. human. And quite honestly, you know, if I'm talking about reciprocity where I felt like I was I was slighted in some way, these folks are now actually Mm -hmm. um, at this point in our relationship, like reaching out more than I am just because of busyness and Scott thinks it's fear <laughs> as, as well. But I mean, all of that is part of, of my process of this loss. And I'm now getting to the part 
where I'm realizing and believing that, you know, this is actually for the best. And I have mm-hmm. all of these, this village of wonderful people. Um, you are, instead I, of that, yeah. I believe that you are um, finding your tribe mm-hmm. um, and that those experiences are helping you to be able to identify when the people who, you know, are able to recognize um, those great things about you and not only that, to be able to reflect that back to you yeah, as a standard of operation, mm. not as something that I'm begging for, mm-hmm. because none of us should have to beg for that, mm-hmm. right? It should be something that um, happens naturally and not something that you got to pull out of somebody. Mm-hmm. And alignment will happen in that way. Yeah. That's how I was able to recognize that you were my person, right? So when we were dating, there were things that happened naturally for you that I used to beg for. Mm. You know, and I was like, shit, I think this like this this lady do this like on the regular. Like I ain't gotta I ain't gotta try to manipulate her and none of that other kind of stuff. Right. She she does this already. So I don't have to go through this haze of having this uncomfortable conversation. Like this is how she operates as a person. This is how she shows up in the mm-hmm. world. Right. And so, you know, we have to be okay with with that part of it, Mm -hmm. because when your your tribe comes, um, it'll be worth it. Mm. Things will line up. And also, I believe that when when um, things are being pruned away, you know, you're making room for Making room for, for new growth, mm-hmm. you know, for new fruit, you know, and, and pruning is is uncomfortable. You know, having things plucked away from you is uncomfortable, but you're making room. That's that's I would like to sit with that making room, which is a whole other. I guess it's all related. All the conversations we have had have this element of that. Right. Mm-hmm how we deal with the ever evolving nature of our lives and our humanity and our, you know, our growth. And and this is one element of it. So I think that's probably the, the perfect way to say it being pruned away to make room for something newer or greater or in more alignment with mm-hmm. who you're becoming, which mm-hmm. is, mm, mm, that's beautiful. So I can, I can bear better fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's also just a little, you know, you hear that saying people are in your lives for a reason or a season or a lifetime, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you just you you never really go into the relationship thinking about that season, though. And so then when the season is up, you're like, oh, you know, like, mm-hmm. I didn't even know. Yeah, because you you. You always we want to believe that things are for a lifetime a lot of times, like we're we're on the back end of a lot of those things, man, like, oh, I didn't know that was gonna come to an end, mm-hmm. you know, in that way, I got used to it, and you know we we don't know for real, but there's a there's a beauty in not knowing right because it if I really knew that something was gonna come to an end would i would I give it you mm-hmm. know what it deserves mm-hmm. in that season, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think that sometimes you know um I, God has allowed me to be able to honor that journey by giving my full self. Because if I knew it was coming to an end, I would get senioritis or something. Be like, well, it's coming to an end anyway. Hang on. (laughs) (laughs) I got in the car. Right. If I win the lottery, baby, you better believe it. I ain't going back to work. It's a done deal. It's coming to an end. It's a wrap. And I know my next steps. 
it's it's over with. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah. we gotta give ourselves permission to honor the full experience of what those relationships are, mm-hmm. and honor when it's time for them to come mm-hmm. to an end as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. So, what's the most memorable lesson you've learned around this topic of around alignment? alignment? I don't know if I have learned past tense or if I am learning. Mm, that's good. Uh, I think all the things I just said about how to navigate through it are the things that I'm learning. And I've always known that um, God, universe, will never, one, give us anything we couldn't bear, but two, is, is not going to replace something that we feel like has been taken away. So I know theoretically that's the truth, um, but I'm just learning to look for evidence of that in mm-hmm. my life, to expect that, I guess, without saying that in an entitled or pri- privileged way. Um, yeah. And the, yeah, the the rest is yet to be seen, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's definitely an act of learning for me. What about for you? I don't know. Ask him first. <laughs> <And I> was, <laughs> um, I think just the idea that it gets greater later, mm, like for real. All these little phrases. There is, there is nothing that I can look back on that has been pulled away from me that was not replaced with something better. Great even if later. that was my negative thoughts, mm-hmm. I'm not even externalizing it. Like. When God pulled some of my negative thoughts away from me that I thought were just like me being cautious mm-hmm. and me protecting myself, when I allowed myself to just show up in the world as my best self, like greater came to me. Mm. Like when I started thinking better about myself. You attracted it. I attracted mm-hmm. it and also believed that um, I was worthy of it. Yeah. You know, and um, so there is a, a stripping away of um, negative thought patterns that has to happen for us too. And a stripping away of, you know, relationships, a stripping away sometimes of material things that we thought that, you know, we were supposed to be building or supposed to be amassing and those types of things. And there's just greater later. Yeah. And you don't always see it in the moment. Yeah. I love that greater later pruning. You draw some really good nuggets. I think I would also leave as a um, a thought for folks to to either sit with or if it resonates with you to to kind of reflect on it a little bit more. Is there's a lot of folks, and I really admire these people who can say what's on their mind and not care <laughs> about what other people think or how they receive it or how they feel about it or if they like them or not. I admire that kind of like. I give zero fucks mentality because mm-hmm. I just, I don't have that. I have it in some ways. I've learned to have it in, in some situations, but as a practice, as a person, how I move about the world, I don't have that. And so I guess what I would be speaking to is those folks who are listening, who are like me and just say that you have permission to still care, but don't ever put your voice, the other person's voice or feelings over your own. I think that's probably one of the things if I had mm-hmm. to say something that I've learned just in my entire life is I'm, I don't, I am not, I am no longer going to be the person who uh, suffers from right. not speaking what, what I really need or, or what's important to me. And so for those of you who are like me, 
still say the thing and feel how you feel <laughs> after. I'm not. That's not to say that there will be a fallout, but whatever happens from it, it's okay to feel how you feel, and if, yeah. you know, and you'll you'll be fine. Like there will be to Scotty's point, greater later. I can't say that I'm, a, I'm. I would love to be able to celebrate uh, myself as being the person with with uh, zero fucks to give. Mm. I probably got like two or three fucks left, yeah. left you know. Yeah. But uh, I've just learned that uh, if if somebody got to lose, it ain't about to be me. Mm. That's um, another way to say it. Yeah. It's not gonna be that I continue to die to what it is that I need in order to make this thing function. Yeah. Um. And sometimes it just takes having difficult conversations mm-hmm. uh, and I'm, I've just gotten comfortable, more comfortable with having uncomfortable conversations yeah. and being able to say the thing. Uh, Cause either people will meet you at that truth mm-hmm. and try to find a solution or they will say, I'm out mm-hmm. and that's okay mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. You can be out, but mm-hmm. don't stay here and feel like, that you're doing me some type of favor by just staying in my space. Because if you're staying in my space and you're not supposed to be here, you're supposed to be pruned away, then you're keeping me from the alignment. You're keeping things from coming into agreement for me. And I don't need that. And neither do you. Yeah. I don't believe that people get to stay that aren't supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. I think whatever is supposed to happen, even if it's not because of something that we've initiated, you know, we weren't the catalyst for eventually, I think. Yeah. Those situations Mm -hmm. go where they're supposed to go. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So lots of thoughts, I think, even for me to sit with on this, this matter, as I'm like actively, you know, still working through one of my experiences with uh, speaking truth and alignment. Um, but, you know, we love our music for the moment. Yeah. And we'd love to hear from you what this moment feels like lyrically. So our playlist is just chuck full of like um, kind of some old school kind of stuff. Some feeling ass feeler uh, kind of music. Yeah. Always a little reaching. ratchet too. Yeah. A little ratchet, a little <laughs> deep down. I want to throw some good old hip hop in the mix mm-hmm. today. So my music for the moment is DJ Khaled featuring Jay-Z and Nas. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not sorry. Break it down for me. So uh, sorry, not sorry. When I think about um, Jay-Z and Nas's relationship, where it used to be, mm-hmm. uh, their fallout from ether, from going back and forth at each other, um, to getting to the point of um, being able to get on a record together and kind of celebrate their own individual accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay-Z, Jay-Z being the, the billionaire that he is, Nas being a damn near billionaire, if not already via cryptocurrency. Um, I'm sure when they were in the midst of their fallout and not speaking to each other, they never saw this alignment Mm -hmm. of things happening for them in the way that they happen. Even if I think about Jay-Z and Beyonce's relationship with them at one point, um, thinking that they were going to go their separate ways, Nas and his wife going their separate ways, but them both finding their way to success Mm -hmm. uh, on the back end of that and those things lining up for them. Yeah, We're in the midst of those losses. You don't really um, 
see how things are going to line up mm-hmm. in the moment. And you just kind of talking about the fallout and all uh, he was wrong and the elevator this and mm-hmm. either was this. And I can't believe he said that about this person. But on the back end of that in 2022, for them to make this song and it to be called Sorry, Not Sorry. Like, I'm sorry for that loss, mm-hmm. but I'm not sorry because everything lined up as it should have. Nice. So whatever you see is bad. Look how it worked out for our good. Look at me now. And we falling. <laughs> I love that, babe. Well, then that brings our conversation to a very well-rounded close, if I might mm-hmm. say so myself. Um, and as we always say here on The Love Haze, life will always present you with a haze. But we have everything that we need within us, everything to navigate through it. Yeah. And uh, you're not alone. You're not. So join us next time, and we're going to take the journey together. All right. Appreciate y'all. Peace. Bye.